Today's show is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. If you are looking for a travel backpack and you want something that is large enough so that you can take it on any length trip that you're going on, but also small enough to still be considered a carry-on, you're going to want to head over to tortugabackpacks.com. They've got their regular size Tortuga, which is the largest carry-on bag on the market. They also have their new Tortuga Air Backpack and also a Tortuga Day Pack. So head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget, if you do make a purchase, to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters that will get you 10% off your entire order. And if you listen throughout this show, we're going to give you a chance to even win a Tortuga Backpack totally for free. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 166. China has used more cement in the last three years than the United States used in the entire 20th century. Those ghost cities aren't going to build themselves. Hello, travel nerds. I'm Travis Sherry, host of the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. Hey there, I am Jason with the Zero to Travel Podcast. I want to welcome the Zero to Travel Caravan, all of the listeners out there, and of course, give a shout out to the e-poppers because we've got another joint episode coming your way. Where are we at, Trav? We are down here in Mexico together, sitting on a porch that is very close to the ocean. We've got a pool upstairs, which is really nice. And we're together because we are getting ready to launch the Paradise Pack. It's an incredible pack this year. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. If you guys have not been with us for the past year, last year was the first time we did it. We bundled together a bunch of amazing, amazing products from some of the best people in the travel and lifestyle uh, design industries, verticals. We got them all together. We wanted to be able to get a way to have people travel, live, and work anywhere in the world. The only way I can describe this is I feel like it's the entire bundle of things that I wish I had when I started out because I didn't really know a lot about various parts of travel and also how to create your life so you can design it around travel because it's something you love, which is something we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast, this two-parter actually. Uh, And the Paradise Pack is very comprehensive in that sense. It's it's for all levels. I mean, you're talking about somebody that's just starting out and wants to incorporate more travel into their life, all the way up to somebody like myself who has been traveling for many, many years. There's so much... Old man. To, to learn. I mean, we just take one person, Benny Lewis. I don't... I can't really speak a language fluently. I can speak some Spanish, but uh, just one product in the pack is something that I would get a lot of value out of, let alone the other bunch that we have. We got some uh, big names in travel in there. Yeah, some very... We've been very fortunate to be able to get some awesome people in. Sean Keener, founder of uh, Boots and All Travel Network. If you've been online and you know the travel websites, that's a huge one. Nomadic Matt's another big name. Just some awesome people in the Paradise Pack. So we are working hard to put that together for you guys. It will launch on June 1st. And we've got a really cool 
tech thing. The very first time we're trying out this out on either of our shows, we finally found a way to be able to get you guys, give you guys, the podcast listener, a convenient way to kind of get updates on everything we're doing and also join a giveaway because we are running a giveaway where we are giving out a free Tortuga backpack. So $199 value there, as well as $200 gift certificates from March 18th, today when we're recording, it'll come out tomorrow, all the way through until March, or excuse me, March, May 18th, (laughs) through to May 25th. And so what we've done is we've got a program called Lead Digits. Jace, this is an absolutely amazing program. Yeah, you don't need to know how it works. There's only one thing you need to know. If you text the words Paradise Pack, all one word, to 33444, that's Paradise Pack, all one word, to 33444, then you will be added to our email list so you can learn how to enter this contest to win the free backpack. We've got a bunch of other bonuses and goodies we're going to be doing because we're, we're making this launch a fiesta because it's such a big pack this year. Not to, you know, I mean, I had to incorporate that Mexican term just because, or that Spanish term just because we're down here in Mexico. And uh, it's just, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming. So yeah. if you want to join the fiesta, text 33444. And just text the words Paradise Pack, but make sure that's all one word, no spaces in between. Yep. And you'll be you'll instantly get an email. It'll tell you exactly how you can enter to win a free Tortuga backpack. So really cool. Technology finally catching up <laughs> with something we wanted to do. It's perfect for podcast listeners like you guys, because we know you're not in front of your computers. You can't sign up. So all you have to do is text the number 33444, text the word Paradise Pack to that number. So Jace, today we're going to be talking a lot about travel because many people ask us, hey, how can you travel long term? You know, I I can do it for two weeks, but I want to make it more of a lifestyle. And whether that means you want to be nomadic or whether that means you're just someone who wants to travel for longer than two weeks, there is a lot of ways that we've learned, a lot of things that we've learned about how to make it work. And in next episode, we're going to be telling people all about the practical hacks that we're using. Mm-hmm. But today's going to be all about the mindset hacks of actually traveling long term. Yeah, it's it's hugely important, I think. And, and a lot of people that listen to the Zero to Travel podcast, I know I talk about mindset a lot. And I think that's where it all began. So on the actionable side in part two of this podcast, we're going to give a ton of more actionable tips and and really hardcore skills that you should learn or level up, so to speak, to maybe design your life to incorporate more travel. And if you're somebody that's listening and obviously you're here, you love travel. And I always say to people, you know, that's if you love travel right now, it's usually not one of those things that goes away in life. You know, it's something you're going to love for a long time. And it's nice when you get into the position where you can add as much of it into your life as you want. You can splash it in. Like Travis said, it's not just necessarily a two-week vacation or it's not for the person that wants to travel for a year. Maybe you just want to take a month off sometimes or every three months you want to take a couple weeks and you want to do that throughout the year or you want to live six months in one place and six months in another. There's so many different ways to do it. I think that's a big term, travel. So everyone can kind of fit into this umbrella is what we're trying to say. It's just it doesn't have to mean you're going to travel long-term. Oh, I'm going to only travel forever. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot of different people. And we, we want to say that we're kind of speaking to ourselves when we talk about this mindset stuff. This is stuff we have learned through years of traveling. That doesn't mean we always do it correctly. <laughs> yeah, It's just stuff that we're going to tell you, hey, if you do this kind of stuff, it's really going to help you be able to travel long-term. And uh, some of it, we're going to be taking 
for ourselves and actually trying to implement it even more than we already do. Yeah, I would say this is the anti-soapbox because this is an ongoing battle for uh, myself, for Travis. We talked about this before we started recording. Many people I know, you know, when you talk about the term lifestyle design, which is kind of what we're talking about, although it's a cliche term, it's true in the sense that you're trying to design something to incorporate something else into your life. And when it comes to travel, that's a good center point to start. But then you need to shift your mindset in some different directions. And over many years of doing this and traveling long term, uh, we've learned a lot, I think. And sometimes we apply it. Sometimes we don't. And then we need to revisit it. And like Travis said, I think we are speaking to ourselves and we're, we're fighting the ongoing battle for some of these points. Some of them, one day I wake up, I feel like, ah, oh, I've got this. And the next day I don't. So like, these are, this is a good reminder for us. And we really hope, uh, we, we really put a lot of time putting this list together. So we really hope it helps you just, you know, rethink some things or maybe get a new idea or two, a new little juicy nugget or two that will help you out. So here it is, our list of 16 mindset hacks that are going to help you travel long-term. I really love number 10, it's one that I, that's probably been one of the hardest mindset hacks for me. Is there any on this <laughs> list that you're looking, you're really looking forward to talking about? Yeah, number five is huge for me. I, I think it's, it's huge for everybody. So I'm really excited to, to get into this. List All right. Dig in. Hopefully we won't. Man, this, this one could be a two hour podcast, but we'll try not to make it run too long. Without further ado, number one on our list of 16 mindset hacks that are going to help you travel long term. This is so very important. Taking risks. Yeah, taking risks. We told you this might be a little abstract. We are talking about mindset stuff and taking risks is critical to not only initiating the long-term travel lifestyle, you're just getting into it, but it's also a good reminder, I think, if you've been traveling for a while because even if you've been on the road for a while, you tend to get a little comfortable sometimes and you need to keep pushing yourself a little bit. And for you, that I guess if you imagine like a sphere, every time you take a risk. I think it puts you a little bit outside of that sphere and that sphere grows bigger and bigger. And it doesn't have to be the biggest things. You define what risk is. So you don't have to uh, compare yourself to others to maybe tease out one of the other ones we have coming. Yeah. I think that a lot of times people here say uh, they hear taking risks and they think like, I'm afraid of heights. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. That is fine. The risk can be big or small. A lot of times, predominantly, they are these small things. You're just trying new things that make the biggest impact. Uh, really important point. I, I once was in Porto, Portugal, and a bus drove by, and I don't know why it was in English, but it said, try one thing every day that scares you. And I thought, oh, okay, like how could people do that? Like I can't jump out of a plane every day or climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Like those type of things scare me. And I thought, wait a second. I was just scared to talk to this one guy on the side of the road who was serving gelato and just ask him a simple question. That's something that scared me. So it can be something really, yeah. really small, like an interaction with a local or anything like that. Just if there's anything, if you ever come to a decision where you're like, I, I'm not going to do that because, and any of that has to do with some sort of fear or, or being uncomfortable, then just do it. And again, it can be something really, really simple as going up to a local and asking him directions or anything like that. Yeah. And just like you, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, just like you, the listener, we, we all get nervous for little things sometimes. You know, you brought up that story. I mean, I could just think the other day, it's been a long time since I practiced my Spanish, being down here and just rolling down the window and asking somebody in Spanish when their when their ice cream shop opens. Right. I and was, you said it wrong first. You said I did. open when does it open wrong first, but yeah. you caught yourself, correct yourself, and that's really important because you you're learning as you mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, and then it starts to come back. But I was a little nervous when I did that, even that small thing. So it's 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 just human nature. 
important to to just put yourself out there and take some risks and and it helps you I, I believe it really helps you grow yeah taking risks when you're traveling huge number two also huge it is be flexible yeah that I mean this is we could go on and on about being <laughs> flexible but in all facets whether it comes down to before you travel, be flexible in where you might want to go. A lot of people have dream destinations. That's fine. But maybe you're flexible in going to a place that you might not have considered before. But especially when you're actually traveling, I think be flexible is so vitally important. Yeah, it's you can plan, but don't over plan. You know, when you're on the road, it's something that I don't know. It's it can be a challenge to be flexible, particularly when you're thinking about the logistics of travel, you're like, okay, I got to get from point A to point B. I got to do this and that. And then sometimes the flexibility can get lost in there. And the more you open yourself up to different styles of travel, I think the more you can learn not only about the world, but about yourself. If you're somebody that has never gone camping before, for example, maybe it's something you should try out. Speaking of taking risks, you might find that being flexible with your accommodations instead of just locking yourself off and saying, I only sleep in this type of place. Well, try out a hostel, try out camping, try out some different things, try out Airbnb or, or something new. You might just find that uh, that it's a new experience that you you will enjoy even more than what you regularly do. A lot of this mindset stuff we're going to talk about will kind of come back to this point. If you're flexible, a lot of stuff happens when you travel that isn't planned, That's obviously. Stuff, obstacles get thrown in your way. If you're flexible with it and you come in with a mindset of like, okay, this isn't a big deal, mm-hmm. that can dramatically change your trip for the better instead of freaking out about little things, which yeah. we're going to get into. Yeah, it's really funny though you bring that up because when I was in Vietnam a couple of years ago, I guess it was now, the the trains were always late. I mean, we'd get to a train station, I was with my wife, and just immediately, two-hour delay, almost every time, at least. So we were able to just kind of understand that, hey, this is travel. We'd sit back, we'd, we'd get out some playing cards. The, the, the train station was sweltering hot. You know, it might be a situation where if you were at home and you were just doing your everyday thing, you might be like, oh, this is... Oh, um, this makes me so angry, but because we had this sort of mindset of, hey, this is just the way it is, this is the way it goes, we're flexible, able to make the best out of every situation, not all the time, but in that case, we, we did, right? Number three, do not be afraid to ask for help. A huge one when you're traveling because mm-hmm. so many people want to figure it out on their own, or and this is especially important when you're traveling in a country where you don't speak the language or you don't speak the language well. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the U.S. or if you speak English and you're, and you're traveling through the U.S. or an English-speaking country, asking for help, I, there have been times where I might have been a little nervous about it, but really you're like, all right, I, I can do this. Asking for help in a foreign language, always an adventure. Yeah, it's, it can get scary and it's, it's, yeah, it's something you have to do. Uh, you're going to need help at some point. I always tell people... Try whenever you can. Don't ask Google. Ask somebody else because that's where you get the interactions and you're really a part of the world. So yeah, while the internet's great as a resource, it's really cool to put yourself out there and ask for help. And that goes for before the trip too. If you're trying to rearrange your life so you can travel long term, you might need some help from friends and family, whether it's support, whether it's a place to stash your stuff. I've been lucky enough to have a family who has allowed me to store my stuff here and there, friends who have allowed me to to stash things that I've left behind for months at a time or pick up my mail or something like that. Don't try to do it all on your own. Yeah, I didn't even think about the asking for help before going. But if you are going to 
be traveling long term or you're going to be traveling consistently or even semi-consistently asking for help with people at home is is huge. Yeah, there's a great book I want to recommend by Amanda Palmer called The Art of Asking, I believe. And it's it's really uh, quite interesting. She was a, a street performer. So she's had a lot of experience interacting with the general public and just putting herself out there and, and asking for help, whether as a performer or just as a human being. So if you like to read, you can download a free sample of that on Kindle or whatever. It's pretty cool. And cool if you're book. traveling long term and you think that there's, you're never going to have to ask for help, you're in for a rude <laughs> awakening, my yeah. friend. You'll probably have to ask within 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. of leaving your front door. <laughs> Number four, get out of the box. A Jason favorite. It is. It's first you have to define what the box is, right? I mean, what did you have a box that you felt like you were into before you started traveling? A little bit. I mean, I worked as a teacher full time. And then even when I was in Japan, I was teaching. So I had limited days for travel. I mean, still more than many other people. Mm -hmm. But I, I still felt very closed in really quick story. I wanted to go on a trip. Um, the school wasn't even really in session, but teachers were required to be there. If anyone's taught English in Japan, they know what I'm talking about. It's absurd. There's no kids there. For some reason, we had to be there. I wanted to go to Thailand. All my friends were going. We all worked for the same company. Some reason they were allowed to go. I wasn't. Uh, and so I said, well, I'm going to go anyway. And I got in trouble, kind of. I mean, <laughs> to some extent. But yes, I was, I was boxed in. I wanted to travel more, and I was not able to do it because of the job that I had. Yeah. I think coming out of college, I had $20,000, a little more than $20,000 in debt. And I think the box was very similar as, as it is for many people. And I, I don't know if this resonates with you as a listener or if you're maybe somebody who's traveling right now. I think sometimes we can get boxed in even wherever we're at in life, even if we've broken out of something that we thought was a perceived box before. But I thought I didn't think that it was possible to live a life where you could just basically fill it with as much travel as you want until I really opened myself up to it. And then I realized that, oh, okay, there's all these opportunities and potentials. I don't need to do it this certain way. But right out of the gate, I just, I wasn't, I didn't see that. So it's important to kind of acknowledge that. I think a good practical tip and way to do that is, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like, whatever your situation is, whether you have kids or whatever, something you think might be holding you back, uh, just get online and follow a blog or somebody who's, who's a, a similar in the sense of your situation and you can, you can see what's possible out there. And I always think that that was always encouraging to hear other people's stories and how they did it. Until you actually step back and realize that you're probably in a box, you might not even know that it's there. And so I think that's great advice to to see someone who's doing what you want to do, because a lot of times they talk about how they were able to get out of it. Um, and a lot of stuff that we talk about on our, both our podcasts is how we're able to be location independent. And it's not an easy road and it doesn't happen overnight. But because we realized we were hemmed in by this box and we didn't want to be, that's the first step is saying, okay, I don't want to be. How can I get out of it? And then you take steps to get out of it. Yeah, it's tricky. When I was living in Oslo, Norway for a few months, I... I had a rough period where I was I didn't think three months was long enough to really set up a life. And I got really psyched out with the idea of um, not being able to sort of like I was there a lot, but not long enough to really kind of settle in. And I saw it. It was like a limiting belief. 
you know? And as soon as I realized, hey, I'm limiting myself by, by thinking this way, I was able to open up my opportunities, uh, do a little, some more things around town, and just be generally more positive about uh, being there because it was a rough transition. So we, we all go through these things countless times throughout life. And it leads us right into number five. Don't fear the unknown. A lot of times people are in the box or they feel boxed in or maybe they don't know they're in the box because what's on the other side of the box is scarier because you don't know what it is. And so a lot of times you box yourself in on purpose because you're afraid of what's out there. And that is totally normal. So if you're feeling that way, don't think that we're admonishing you for feeling that way. We feel that way all the time. But... If you have a mindset shift and you say, okay, well, yes, I'm scared of what's outside of there. This goes back to that taking risks thing. That doesn't mean just because I'm scared of doing it doesn't mean it's better or I shouldn't do it. It means you don't know what to expect, but don't fear that. Respect it, but don't fear it. Yeah, I think it can get hard when you're in a routine. And I think we think sometimes, well, if we're in this routine, that the next day is predictable. The reality is it's not predictable. Anything can happen at any time. It's just a perceived predictability, right? When you decide to take off and travel for an extended period, or if you're on a trip and you decide to extend it, you never know what's happening next. Like, How did you feel when you left your career to go to Japan? I mean, I, mean, I was very, very excited. I had no idea what to expect. But I was very, very excited. And I knew, I think a lot of people said to me, well, you're just going to go, you know, you're not going to live in Japan. So what's the point? Why are you going to go to Japan for two years? How's that going to further your career? You know, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I don't even know what career I want. But I knew that coming back, and I think this is an important point for a lot of people. They're, they're afraid, like if they take off and travel long term, oh, there'll be a hole in my resume. You hear that kind of stuff or yeah. things like that. I knew that if I came back from teaching English in Japan for two years and wanted to be a teacher again, that I could walk in any interview and at least have interesting stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I had all these crazy travel jobs coming out of school when I decided I was going to travel. I ended up working in events. I worked as a tour manager for a band. I worked as an adventure travel guy. I did all these crazy things. And that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to travel and I also wanted to be able to pay off my bills. So travel jobs early on were a great thing for me personally because it's it killed two birds with one stone but i had a lot of pushback from people saying hey when are you going to get a quote real job or you know even within it was like hey i'm not really building towards something if i went into the career mindset but then i was able to let it all go at one point because what what is a career anyway you know you can't worry about what's going to happen five ten years from now you got to balance it a little bit you don't want to necessarily not think about it at all. But I mean, this is all very personal and internal. I guess our point is don't overthink it as far as what, you know, I always say this, if you're worried about the unknown, the good question to say yourself is, well, what, how would it be if everything worked out just the way you imagined, right? Or everything worked out just perfectly the way you wanted, because that kind of strips away the fear of the unknown, right? Because mostly we'll focus on the negative things that could happen, things you might lose because it's much easier to see what you'll give up than what you will gain. So I think that's what scares a lot of people is they look at what they're giving up by traveling long-term. I'm giving up a job or I'm giving up the possibility of moving up or advancing my career. Or money or I'm going to be away from my friend's wedding. All these little, they're not little, they're big things. All these things that you're giving up when really 
you should look at it and focus on all the things you're going to be gaining. Now, that's hard because you don't know what you're going to be gaining until you actually go. I didn't know how awesome Myanmar would be until I went. I didn't know how awful Myanmar would be until I went. But looking back, I can sit and say, wow, I've really changed. And I think that that kind of goes right into our next point, which is number six, and that's don't compromise your dream. So if you are afraid of the unknown, but you're saying, you know, I'm going to do it. Like, I want to travel. I want to travel for more than two weeks at a time. I'm going to go for a month trip in Europe. I'm going to go for three months in Europe. I'm going to go around the world trip for a year. Do not compromise that. Yeah. I want to just finish one last thought on on the unknown because I was fortunate enough when I was traveling in Brazil, and it's, it's a long story, and if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard it, that I met my wife there. So think about the things you've gained when you travel and every time you're deciding to make a decision to keep traveling or to travel for the first time. I would have given up my wife, who's the love of my life, you know? So you never know what you're giving up by not going. Uh, yeah, not compromising your dreams is... Um, it's hard because you're going to get probably get brushed back from some people. Maybe maybe most are supportive, but there's always going to be people who say, ah, you shouldn't do that, or you're giving this up, or you're giving that up. It, you have to have some internal desire. Like You have to have some internal fortitude to say, this is my dream. I'm going to do it. And you want to listen to other people. You don't want to just shirk them off and say, no way. I, you know, your opinion doesn't mean anything. But you can't let them sway you if it, if it really is your dream. I think the same can be said when you're actually traveling too, because I've had that happen where people are like, oh, well, why do you want to go there? Or like that place, I don't like that place. Or you shouldn't go there. It's unsafe. All these things. I, you can't let it sway you too much. You have to listen to it. But I think you have to stay within yourself. Yeah, people are looking out for your best interests within their minds usually, but that's really going to depend on who's talking to you. Just think about the source, right? Is it because they're jealous and they want to go and they can't? Or is it just because they don't want you to get hurt? Maybe it's your parents. They want you to be safe and they, they, they think that just you being home will be safer when in actuality, statistically, there are a lot of other countries that are, are safer statistically uh, than, than the States or some other Western countries. So... Yeah, it's important to not to not let other people dissuade you from the things you want to do. I think that's a pretty easy point to nail down. If it's if it's what you want to do, easy to say, hard to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a lot of these things. Like a lot of these about. things. Number seven is have an abundance mentality. It's huge. You have a choice with all of your thoughts, right? Anytime you have a thought, you can choose to accept it as a belief, or you can just pass it along through your brain and say that's not really supporting what I want to do. So when you start thinking along the lines of, oh, I don't have enough money to travel or, or I can't figure out a way that I can keep going or if I go work at Club Med for three months and drop my career, then there's going to be no jobs or anything when I come back. There's not going to be nothing left. Well, that's a choice you're making to, to choose those thoughts, right? You could choose the opposite thought and embrace that as your belief. And I think that's what we're talking about with abundance mentality is that, hey, the world's an abundant place. There's all kinds of possibilities if you're willing to work for it and be open to it. And just don't think in terms of lack. If you're going to have a question, think in terms of uh, abundance. Yeah, definitely. You just want to shift your mindset to... It's almost like saying be positive, not negative, kind of, but mm -hmm. in a way that's a, a little different. Yeah, these are... These are hard principles to discuss, and we're jamming a lot in here. Uh, but just generally, I would say, and, and particularly with money, because money is such a huge barrier when it comes to travel. I think that's the the one 
thing that prevents people or stops people that are doing it the most is like, oh, I, I'm, I'm stuck. We just had a beer at the hostel bar the other night around the corner and the bartender there was out of money. So she got a volunteer gig through workaway.info, which is a place you can go to find gigs. And she's basically working for tips, settling down for a few weeks, earning money. So she has no money. She just stopped to, to start earning money. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's always a way to get the things you need. It's just a matter of embracing that idea that the world's an abundant place. And yeah, we all struggle with this. We all go through bouts of negativity, but it's a good reminder. I think on top of that too, the more that you're able to give away when you are traveling, I, I see it in that light as well. I'm, I'm, you know, If I'm able to support locals, a lot of places that you travel through are probably the locals are going to be worse off than you. Uh, you know, if, if you're in Western Europe, maybe not, but a lot of countries, predominantly, uh, the majority of the countries you go through are going to be worse off than you. Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, Mexico, things like that. A lot if of people you, living on, on not much. If you can go and you can, I'm not saying like you have to give money away, but I mean, if you can spend your money in a way that's helping other people, if you can stay at local guest houses, if you can eat at local restaurants, I mean, to me, that's a huge thing. It's kind of getting off this abundance mentality a little bit, but it's an important mindset thing that I've been able to do when I travel. You know, I'm pretty frugal, as most people know, sometimes to a fault. But if I know that my money's going to something like that, it really does help me loosen up a little bit because I know that in the long run, I can always make more. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. You know, There's going to be roadblocks in my way, but I'm always going to come. You know, I have supported my family and friends and things like that. If I can give my money to people in these areas, it, it really helps me div- like take myself out of that frugality, sometimes mm-hmm. negative mindset. Yeah, I love, I love that. Um that approach. That's great. And I, I wanted to mention, speaking of giving, something we didn't talk about with the Paradise Pack is that 10% of all of, of the sales go towards Pencils of Promise, which is an amazing organization that builds schools in different places around the world for kids who in need, who need education. Education's hugely important to you know, getting people... Um, what they need to to kind of make it in this world, yeah, right? We and could we could do a whole podcast simply on this idea of kind of helping others as you travel. But mm-hmm. yeah, one of the things we've decided to do with with the Paradise Pack is to donate ten percent of everything that comes in the Pencil of Promise, hopefully to build four schools in in Guatemala. So if you guys are listening and you are interested in the podcast or uh, excuse me, well, of course you're interested in the podcast. <laughs> if you're interested in the Paradise Pack, the stuff we're doing there, or also you want to join the giveaway to win a free Tortuga backpack, and why wouldn't you? Those things rule. Remember, um, we can actually, we have the technology now that you guys can do it directly from your smartphones. <laughs> yeah, just text the words Paradise Pack, all one word, to 33444. The number again, 33444, and all one word, Paradise Pack. Awesome. Number eight, slowing down. This has been huge for me. Yeah. I, I've said a lot on our podcast. In the last year, me and Heather have decided that anytime we had an option between going faster and slowing down, we would slow down. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are listening thinking, oh my gosh, this is your slowdown. But yes, <laughs> it is our slowdown. We're spending more than three nights in a certain area. It has been 
incredibly helpful if you are going to be traveling long term. I mean, slowing down, not just uh, one of the ways is actually physically slowing down your travel, spending more time in an area, digging in. It gives you more authentic experiences. It saves a lot of money. I know we're not talking about practical tips right now, but it saves a lot of money because you get to know the area. You don't have to pay as much for accommodations. You're not always moving around. But also, Jay, slowing down in my emotional state and my mindset has also mm. been really huge. Yeah, it's you can get burnt out, but that's not to say, you know, when I was on my first backpacking trip, I did the URL pass thing, was going place to place every three or four days. That was so exciting. I didn't feel the need to slow down. Now, that was my very first solo backpacking trip. Now, it's many, many years later, probably too many years later. I don't want to say too many, but uh, yeah, you do want to slow down or you, or you can get burnt out. And if you you recognize you're getting burnt out. That's okay. It's okay to, to say that. We actually did a whole podcast on that another time. Uh, I also liked what you said about being in one place and discovering it because we're in Playa del Carmen right now here in Mexico. This is the kind of place where you could show up for a day on a day trip from Cancun or something and just cruise the main strip with all the restaurants and be like, oh, there's nothing to see here. It's just all tourists, right? Trav and I have been kicking around this town for almost a week now. Finding, finding every little taco joint we could. Every nook and cranny. I mean, we found the best taco stand outside of this mega store in a parking lot. And it was just us. It's, an, it's a real experience. We yeah. went and got tacos in a parking lot from a taco truck, sat on the asphalt with about 50 locals eating these awesome tacos with, you know, they were dripping all over. We have no forks. It's getting everywhere. So yeah, we wouldn't have found that had we only spent one day here. Yeah. And ever since we've been exploring all these side streets and places off the strip, we found awesome ice cream places, other taco stands and restaurants. And uh, I'm excited to go to that one place tonight. We've been eyeing El up. Fogon. Let's do it. Let's do it. So spe- uh, slowing down, yes, that's kind of a practical tip, but we're also speaking of slowing down your mindset. For me, this means patience. This means being slow to anger. We could talk, again, I keep saying this, but we could talk about this forever, but just it goes back to the being flexible point, Jason, mm-hmm. where, hey, something's not working in Mexico or the train is late for two hours in Vietnam well, what are you going to do? You're going to get angry? You're going to stomp around and yell? Or are you going to slow down and say, hey, I'm here to travel. I'm here to have these experiences. If I wanted everything to work, I'd either sit at home at my house where everything works, or I'd go to Germany, one of those two, or Switzerland. (laughs) Um, No, if you're in these places, slow it down. Slow down your mind. Don't worry. Don't rush. Don't be so go, go, go like we're used to. This one time we showed up in San Sebastian, Spain, there was a festival going on, big biggest festival of the year, and I can't remember the name of it right now. I should have figured that out before we started. But uh, there was nowhere to stay. There was literally no accommodations. That could have been a situation where it could be freakout mode. Instead, I ended up meeting these two guys from Portland, Oregon, who we just kind of hit it off at the train station. And we just decided, well, if there's nowhere to stay, it's Spain. We'll just stay up all night. So we just stayed up all night, enjoyed enjoyed the city. We went to this park outside of the train station and slept for like two hours around sun up. And then we went back into the train station to book a ticket because there was still nowhere to stay. We met a Canadian girl. The four of us decided to rent a car and we took a spontaneous four-day road trip around Spain. Stuff like that. 
when that you're flexible. That doesn't happen or... if you're stomping around angry <laughs> and, and cursing your bad luck and things like that. Exactly. And... Which, which is right in line with point number nine, yeah. which is stop and appreciate the moment. Like be in the moment instead of worrying about everything else that, that might be happening or good or bad. Yeah, can be hard to do, I think. Um, even even small things like I just... I, I looked around the other day. I realized in the apartment we're staying in, there was a whole fixture on the wall I hadn't even noticed yet. I was like, how have I not noticed that? Because I haven't like stopped to just really look around. Sometimes it's hard to stay in the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. I think just taking a few minutes to appreciate that you're in that moment. Now, a lot of us talk about travel and we travel a lot. So we're saying, oh, well, we'll be back here, of course, and we'll be doing this and we'll be doing that. But I remember the first trip that really got me into travel was when I was living in Switzerland. And I had no idea that I was going to be a travel podcaster, travel writer, anything like that. So I was just living in Switzerland interning. I thought I'd be working in the sports world. I didn't know if I'd get to travel. And so every single day for the four months that I was there, I we lived two-minute walk from Lake Geneva and I just said, every single day, I'm jumping in this lake. So it got pretty cold because I was there like through the middle of October. But I thought, I'm never going to be here again. Like, I'm never going to be able to float in this lake, look up and see the Alps. And I just said, I'm going to make it a point that I'm in the moment every single day by jumping in this lake and just realizing my good fortune. I think for this point, it would be we would be remiss to not mention this, the, the screens, the social media getting on your computer, getting on your cell phone, taking pictures. I think that's where this is really important is in this day and age to just kind of become be aware of how much you're capturing and sharing versus just experiencing because and that's a challenge we can face as as people who yeah, uh, do as we travel. say not as we do right it, now because it, I find myself in oh, front of man. my computer or in front of my phone. I could be walking down the street and I'm like Googling the best places to eat in Playa del Carmen, which is fine, but I could also ask a local. I, you know, you you want to balance it. It's not bad to Google it. It's not bad to have your your phone out and things like that here and there, but it's you want to make sure you're actually living in the real world. Yeah, it's a, it's a real difficult line, and I think both of us really try hard to share our experiences because we want to help help other people travel, and oftentimes that comes through you know what you share and what you can learn. So. I struggle with it a lot. I guess I should share more in real time, but I'm I rarely do I take my phone out, take a picture and tweet it or something just because I feel like I'm missing the experience if I do that. That's just me personally. Maybe that would be cool for people to follow, but I just I, I need to have the experience to have the insights later to actually talk about these things. That's just my personal decision, but it's uh it's difficult. Just a very very fine. You line. love rule number 10. Rule number 10. Or mindset hack number 10. Mindset hack say. number 10 is the $10 rule. Yes, we did that on purpose. 10 is the $10 rule. We learned this from our good buddy, Chris Gelbo, who a lot of you, if you're listening to this, may know, may have attended his World Domination Summit, may have read his books. When I had him on my podcast, this is the one thing that stuck out to me the most because it's one of the sticking points mentally for me when it comes to traveling, and that is being too frugal. Mm. And... You know, I may say that now, and people are like, "How can you be too frugal?" It definitely happens if you listen to podcasts I've had with Heather. Boy, it's she good we didn't get Heather in on this conversation. Yeah, she can attest to the fact of being too frugal. But the ten dollar rule simply says, if you're out and about and you're traveling, and there's something that's going to cost you less than ten dollars, and it's going to make your travels better in that moment, spend it. And 
that's hard for me to do, but I, I have since implemented it and it really works. Case in point, we were in Thailand. There was a pack of playing cards. We were going to the beach. We really wanted these playing cards. They were $8. I mean, we're in a country where it's $1 to get an awesome meal, maybe two. And it's a ten. It's an $8 pack of playing cards. And I was so upset. Like, how these people are ripping us off. We couldn't find playing cards anywhere else. We really wanted them. And then I just said, it's $8. Is it, rip, is it a ripoff? Yeah, yeah, it's a ripoff. Definitely. <laughs> is it going to make your time better? Is, yeah. it, like, is it better to be really mad that someone's ripping off and not get the cards? Or is it better to just say, it's $8. In the large scheme of thing, it's not a big deal. Get the cards. And so we did. And it's, I am... Was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. I think we still have the playing cards somewhere. We better, else then maybe it wasn't. Are they worth. made out of gold? N- not out of gold. <laughs> not out of gold, unfortunately. But Oh, that's awesome. You know, just don't freak out too much yeah. about your money. We're going to talk in the practical episode about budgeting, and I am a huge budgeter. And if you're on a really tight budget, I understand it. So maybe maybe knock it down to the $5 rule. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. If you're on a very tight budget and you're traveling through Southeast Asia, which some people might spend only $10 a day might be their budget, then you need to adjust the rule accordingly. Maybe it's a $2 rule. But it's the principle of having that threshold where it's like, hey... Uh, this is going to make my life easier. Let me not sweat this too much. Or if something's going to really make you upset, don't let it make you upset. Sometimes you have to pay for parking. And I, both of us have talked about freaking out about this before. <laughs> but it's like you sit there, you're like, oh, I don't want to pay $3. But why let it ruin your day yeah. if it's $3? Easier said than none for me, <laughs> but the $10 rule. Same here. Number 11, being vulnerable. I think a lot of what we've talked about comes back to this point as well, but specifically talking ab- about solo travel or, or if you're, I mean, that, that makes you vulnerable just by default. And you've done a lot of solo travel, so you can speak to that. Yeah, I would just say in general, inherently traveling makes you vulnerable. You're taking yourself out of everything that you know, particularly if you leave the country, and putting yourself in a situation where yeah, you're vulnerable because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you're not familiar with the neighborhoods. You're not familiar with where you're staying. You're not really familiar with anything. It's all new. So you can be physically vulnerable too in the sense that you're you're walking around, you're, you're out in the world. It's a lot, but I think emotionally and physically, it's just about it's okay to be vulnerable. And a lot of times that word vulnerable is has negative connotations right, around it. And right. I want to make it have positive connotations when you're traveling long term mm-hmm. because it goes back to our first point of taking risks, Jace. It's if you don't take the risks, you're in essence not making yourself vulnerable. You're not opening yourself up. And if you do, people realize that. And I've had some of the most amazing travel experiences when I have been vulnerable, when I have r- not, and these aren't big risks. You know, this is the whole idea of like going up and starting a conversation, mm-hmm. not even conversation, asking a local a question. Mm-hmm. You are inherently making yourself more vulnerable because you're going to them and approaching them first. Yeah. People want to help. I would, I think you hit it right there, 100% nail on the head. It's about genuine connections. And when you're vulnerable, that's one of the huge benefits is you can make genuine connections with people. People want to help, generally speaking. So 
if you ask, hey, can you show me on the map where this is or whatever, I've had people take me under their wing, invite me over for dinner, um, you know, escort me to a place and hang out. Like I've had so many awesome experiences just because I was like, hey, I don't really know what's going on. Can you help me here? And they see you need help and they want to help. It's it's great. It reminds me of an awesome term that one of my first podcast guests, Colin Wright, came up with. Oh, and yeah? I know he's on your show too. And he just said, I love being the idiot abroad. <laughs> and people love it. It is. When you are vulnerable or you're the idiot, you're just curious because it disarms them right away. A lot of the experiences we've had where we've had these crazy authentic experiences, and we talked about this in a joint podcast that we did before, a lot of those have come with people sensing that you're vulnerable or that you're just curious that you have this wonderment and that wouldn't happen. They're not going to come up to me and invite me into their house normally. But if I'm just kind of asking around, they're going to be, oh, this guy's really neat or he just is curious. Let's take him in. So I think you just have to switch your mindset to say, if I'm curious, which you probably are if you're traveling, then then use that curiosity to your, not to your advantage, just use it, have fun with it, be curious and talk to people. It makes it so easy to meet people. And on the flip side, if you're in the position to give somebody that experience, go for it. I've been, I've had that pleasure in Boulder, Colorado when I'm there for an, ex, uh, an extended period of time. Knowing what it's like on the side of the traveler, I've met, I met one, I met, met a guy at a mount, the Mountain Sun, one of my favorite brew pubs. And he was just went on a trail run. We started drinking a couple beers. He was telling me some stories. I was like, dude, where are you staying tonight? He's like, oh, I'm sleeping in my car. I'm like, you can sleep on my couch. And he had a place to stay. Or I met somebody on a hike that was couch surfing and they didn't like their host. So they came and crashed with me. I just met them that day. So there's all these things you can do to reciprocate when you're not traveling, which is fun too. Totally agree. Number 12 is smile. And this is, I guess, practical and mindset. Mm -hmm. But when you're smiling... It's really hard for anyone to not want to, A, either talk to you or just helping other people be happy. This doesn't have to be for traveling, but I have found that the quickest way when you're traveling through other countries to really have an enjoyable experience is just to go around and smile. And if you're curious anyway, you're probably smiling naturally, but it it does. It disarms everyone. It just it opens up doors that may never have existed before. Yeah, and I would add to that eye contact. Don't be afraid to to lock in and and not look away. If you're smiling and make eye contact with somebody, it only takes a couple seconds to really have an experience, even though no words are exchanged. And also helps you get through borders a lot easier too when you're smiling. There you go. <laughs> Always smile. Number thirteen. Take time for yourself. I was reminded of this, Jace, by a friend of mine who had a really rough time with us when he traveled in China. And he, we were in China, and Heather and I were kind of getting upset with him because he didn't want to do all the stuff that we were doing because of the fact that he was in culture shock and he didn't travel near as much as us. And we were in China, and it was his first trip out of the US in something like, what, 12 or 14 years. And there was a time where we're like, we're going to go on this awesome mountain cable car, the highest cable car in the world. Mm. And he said, I'm not going. And we're like, you have to go. Like, you have to go. We're here. We're never going to be here again. You have to go. He's like, no, I I don't want to go. I just want to sit at this little place and I just want to play my Nintendo DS. And I was like, floored. Like, there's, <laughs> And I was almost thought like, you can't do this. But then... After we were there and we were like, oh, we were like, oh, I can't believe he's not coming. Like, man, that was so dumb. And then I'm thinking, you know what? 
If you need time to do that, when you are long-term traveling, you can easily get burnout, as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. When you need time for yourself, take that time. Whether it's an hour, whether it's half a day, whether it's a whole day, maybe you want to stay and read a book, watch TV, play Nintendo DS, just take time for yourself because you will get burnout if you're trying to go, go, go all the time. Yeah, we talked about this in another podcast. Long-term travel is... It's not a thing. It's just your life. If you're traveling for a long time, it's, it doesn't become a separate thing that you're doing. It just becomes your everyday existence. So of course, just like your everyday existence now, if you're not long-term traveling, or if you are a long-term traveler and you're listening to this, you know you have ups and downs just like you do in life. So shorter trips, it's pretty easy to stay high the whole time when you're traveling for many months or Especially years. Especially Colorado. <laughs> That's true. You You can get you're going to have ups and downs. So take time for yourself. I just did yesterday. I went on a, an hour long walk down the beach. I figured, oh, well, I'm traveling with Heather and, and Travis. And, you know, it's good for you guys to have time with each other as a couple. And I always need time for myself, too, to think and, and just kind of cruise around and observe and just be somewhere. I was never good at this. I always thought every day I had to be going to the best this and finding the best that. And I still love doing that. That's why I love traveling. Mm -hmm. But recently, as we kind of mentioned with going slower, actually physically moving to places slower, we've done this as well because mm -hmm. we've just said, don't be afraid to take that day where you just sit in and you don't do anything. Don't beat yourself up that you're missing out on this, you know, you need time for yourself sometimes. My wife and I took a day in Cambodia because we were staying at a, a, a cool place called the Lotus Lodge, a little bit outside of uh, Siem Reap. And had, had, they had a pool there. It was a great pool. I was like, you know what? We're going to do the temple for, I think, a three or four days. Let's just take a day off. So we did one or two days of the temple. I can't remember. I think one. Then we just took one day and just went swimming. I did a little writing and just hung up by the pool, went into town and had dinner. Didn't feel like we had to go to Angkor Wat every single day just because we were there for a week. Yeah. Something that a lot of travelers beat themselves up about is, is missing out. Don't beat yourself up about that. If you're long-term traveling, you'll get to see a lot of amazing things. So don't worry. Speaking of beating yourself up, number 14, don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, when I wrote this one down, Jace, I was thinking a lot about traveling sometimes seems like a competition, especially if you're staying in hostels, or you're around a lot of other travelers. And there have been plenty of times when I first started traveling where people have come up to me and, oh, where are you going? Where have you been? And it's not really, it's good natured, but a lot of times I felt, oh man, they've been to all these countries. I've only been to five. Or, you know, you put numbers on what you've done or they're going here, they're traveling quicker, they're doing this, they're doing that. You Again, it's this fear of missing out thing mm -hmm. of, oh man, I can't wait to get to their level. And I just stopped recently. I mean, there's still people who travel way more than us. I mean, there's always going to be people who travel more than you, no matter who you are. Don't compare yourself to others. Do what you want to do and be satisfied. It's almost like that living in, a, in the moment, but on a broad scale. Be mm -hmm. satisfied with what you're doing. Don't always worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah, of course, that can go for career, money, or numerous other things because we can get caught in this trap of trying to size ourselves up against the, the quote-unquote competition, which doesn't really exist. Like you said, I was traveling in Argentina and Chile for about three and a half months. I showed up at this hostel in Ushuaia all the way at the southern tip of South America First guy I met was just a cool guy. He he basically, he basically I was like, where, where have you been? What have you been up to? He had just ridden his bike from Alaska to the southern. He just got to the southern tip of Argentina 
talk about a long ride. I was like, wow, this makes my three and a half month trips through South America look like peanuts. You know, I was like, this guy's incredible. But rather than trying to compare, I think it's just, uh, it's cool to just appreciate. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just so many people doing so many cool things. It's great just to learn. That's why I love hosting a podcast and and just sharing this stuff because there's so many different ways you can travel, so many different things you can do. I'm genuinely curious, as are you. And it's hyper just, curious. Yeah, we call ourselves just, hyper curious. It's just great to see how people are doing things and they're going to do them different than you are. And that's that's great. That's what makes humanity and the world and travel so awesome. Just just seeing how people do things and, and doing it in their style. And you can do it in your own style too. And probably people might be comparing themselves to you too. So it's just, just forget it all. I, just, I would say use it as fuel as opposed to using it as... If I compare myself to everyone who came on this podcast, I'd be like, well, I've never ridden across the world. Well, I've never sailed around the world. I've never done this. I've never written a New York Times bestseller. All these awesome people we get to have on our podcast. If I compare myself to them and thought, I've never done that boo hoo hoo, I would feel depressed constantly. Instead, I use it as an idea of like, wow, that guy went on a three-year bike journey. That's really cool. That motivates me to do a three-month bike journey or Mm -hmm. something like that. Use it it as a motivating tool, not as something to say, oh, I'm not there, so X, Y, and Z, fill in the blanks. Yeah, don't compare yourself to others in anything. It never usually ends up working. Yeah, and it, it 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 can be hard. We all get caught in the trap. You just, it's something to be aware of, I think. Number 15 is don't be afraid to go it alone. And Jace, you can speak more to this because you have solo traveled quite a bit. Yeah, I have. And I think this goes for any length trip. If you love to travel, I can't stress enough. If you're somebody who thinks you need to go with somebody or there's just things you want to do in life in general, don't wait for somebody else to do them with because you're afraid to do them on your own. And that includes going to a diner and sitting at the counter by yourself and eating or going to a movie by yourself. Who cares? Who cares what anybody else thinks, right? It's You're still going to have the experience. And even though it may be uncomfortable at first, because it can be, I remember sitting on the plane on the way to Spain for my first solo backpacking trip, just being scared scared as hell really i mean i was like i don't know what's going to happen this is going to be a crazy adventure i was excited but also i was thinking well i might get lonely and there's all these things you probably will get lonely you'll have those things but the more time i think you spend on your own doing things the more you see that it's rewarding in a different way and also there are many advantages you can meet so many people that you wouldn't have met because instead of interacting with the the group or the person you're with you're interacting with people you you're putting yourself out there more you're just out there more and you can do whatever you want all the time which is pretty cool too because you don't have to ask somebody oh can we eat here is it okay to do this you make your own schedule you do the things you want it's it's very liberating and i would just suggest to anybody if there's something you want to do no matter how big or small in travel or anything don't wait for other people to do it with yeah we've talked about not compromising your dreams i think this is one of the reasons a lot of people do compromise is they're waiting for that perfect person to come traveling with him. Well, I'm going to go here, but I'm going to wait for my best friend because she says she's going to quit her job in six months. And then, you know, lo and behold, she doesn't quit her job. And now, of course, you didn't go. So I do think that while it may be, it, not while it may be scarier, it will be probably much scarier. We've talked about taking those risks. This is a big one. Don't be afraid to do it alone because yeah. you can't rely on other people. If you go with other people, great. I do most of my traveling with other people. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 
But if that's the thing, if that's not possible, don't let that be the thing that's holding you back. Yeah. Also, as a general rule, something that kind of ties in everything we're talking about here before we get into the last one is just acting in spite of fear. It doesn't mean it's it's okay to be afraid, whatever it is that you're deciding, whether it's to go to a new place, to quit a job, to travel by yourself. You're going to you're going to be scared. It's just human nature. It's just a matter of learning to take the action in spite of the fear, which of course isn't easy and we battle with it all the time. You and I travel even with the, you know, some of the projects we have that we work on together. We don't really know how they're going to work out. We're not sure. We can be a little scared to try new things, but we just do it anyway because you you just that's how you grow and that's how you do new things. I mean, I've had podcast guests on where I was almost scared to ask them. I'm like, oh my gosh, if they say yes, then I'm going to have to interview them. And I, I, I don't know if I can do a good enough job to, to get the information to the audience and to, and to really help people. It's, it can be a lot of pressure. You can put a lot of pressure on yourself. But you know what? You do it anyway, and everything turns out okay. Speaking of taking action, our very last mindset hack is, hack is don't wait. There is no such thing as a perfect time. We're not telling you to quit your job today. We're not telling you to walk out your front door as you're listening to this podcast with your backpack and say, I'm going. If you do, let us know because that's a pretty cool story. Yes. <laughs> but there's never going to be that perfect time. There's always going to be a reason not to go, especially when you're talking about long-term travel, because it is so different from the lifestyle that so many people lead that there's going to be a lot of excuses in your head because that is the societal norm. Mm-hmm. You are you are bending towards the norm, so you're breaking away from it when you're doing long-term travel. There's not going to be a perfect time. Just go for it. Yeah, this is where I always recommend to people Parkinson's law, which is the law that states work will expand to take the amount of time you you give it, whether it's a project, whether it's taking off to travel. You know, if it's if there's no deadline for you to do those things, then you need to create one for yourself, whether that's through a bet with a buddy or just announcing it to the world, whatever you need to do to get some accountability to go do whatever it is you want to do you know, do, do what it takes because it's too easy to back out, especially if there's just no end date to it or no start date to it. I should say it could just go on and on and on. Don't wait because probably next year or six months from now or three months from now, the situation that you're worried about may resolve itself, but then there's something else popping up. There's always some reason to not go. All types of people out there in the world are long-term travelers, whether it be Single people, couples, people with children, older couples, younger people. There's all types of people out there. So don't think you're unique in the way that you can't do it because of a certain situation. Yeah. There's all types of people doing it. Um, set a date, as Jason said. I want to run through these really quick. Cause I, it's kind of fun to go through them really okay. quickly. Um, just, just to kind of refresh everyone's memory of our 16 mindset hacks for long-term travel. Yeah, taking risks is number one. Be flexible. Not afraid to ask for help. Get out of the box. Don't fear the unknown. Don't compromise your dreams. Abundance mentality. Make sure you slow down both in how you travel and also in your mindset. Being in the moment. Stop and appreciate, which is just what you just said, being in the moment. (laughs) Uh, The $10 rule. Being vulnerable. Don't forget to smile. Taking time for yourself, always nice. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't be afraid to go it alone. And don't wait because there's no perfect time for long-term travel. Easier said than done, but we've gone up and down through all of these. I think we've, we've experienced the, 
the good and the bad. And that's why we put this list together because again, as we crack apart our soapbox and throw it off to the side, I would just say these are the things that we speak to ourselves about all the time. This is an ongoing battle for us as well. And I hope I really, we really hope this helped uh, just spark some new ideas and thoughts for you. That was the intention here. Yeah, we will be giving you a Practical Hacks episode coming out later this week if you're listening to this when it came out on Tuesday. If you're listening to this in the future, you can get that on iTunes, Stitcher, however you're listening to this podcast. But that will be about the practicalities around long-term travel, some of the hacks and strategies that we've learned. This was the mindset component. Both are equally important. If you're listening to this and you've gone all the way through it, I, I think you realize how important the mindset is around long-term travel. It can have a much, it can have, it just can have a really, really big effect on the time that you're having and the way that you're looking at your travel life. I arguably, I say it's the most important. The skills, skills can be learned, they can be acquired. It's it's data, it's research, it's it's it's. There are techniques, and they can help you on the mindset side. But I do think the mindset is critical to lifestyle hacking. I don't know what you want to call it. Lifestyle design or just incorporating more travel into your life for as long as you desire. Speaking of that, let's finish up with the Paradise Pack. Yeah, don't forget, guys, we've got... This technology is so awesome. I'm so (laughs) glad someone built it. It's almost perfect. It is perfect for um, podcasters because you guys are listening probably on a smartphone, maybe on your computer, but probably on some sort of mobile device. If you are and you want to learn more about the Paradise Pack, which will be coming out June 1st, some amazing people that we've mentioned were also to celebrate the launch of this, giving away a free Tortuga backpack, the one that I use to travel all over the world. And we're also giving away two gift certificates for Tortuga as well. You can text Paradise Pack all one word to 33444. That will send you a text back. All you have to do is reply with your email address. And then whenever you get back to your email, you'll have an email waiting there in your inbox telling you exactly what to do. Amazing technology. So glad that we're able to implement it. So again, you can text Paradise Pack, all one word, to 33444. That'll get you the ball rolling with the giveaway. Maybe you'll win a free Tortuga backpack from us. And it'll also get you all the updates about the Paradise Pack and some amazing giveaways that we'll be doing in conjunction with that and goodies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we have to give a shout out and a thanks to Fred from Tortuga. We're both rocking the Tortuga Day Packs here and loving it. Took it to the cafe the other day, had my computer in there and a bunch of stuff. And um, so yeah, it, make, it's a make, fiesta down here in Mexico. It is a fiesta. And last thing I will say about the Paradise Pack is don't forget, we're also giving 10% to Pencils of Promise. So you can feel really good about that if it's something you're interested in. Okay, I, th- I mean, we could We've have hit talked. It all. We've hit it all. We could have talked for hours about this, and we did talk for one hour. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining. We really appreciate it. Um, don't forget text Paradise Pack all one word to three three four 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 if you're interested. Unless you're driving, don't do it while you're driving. Wait till you pull over. Pull to the side. <laughs> we really no appreci- texting and driving. Yeah, thank you for your time today. Really, just appreciate you spending your time here with us. We're having a blast here in Mexico, and we're just really happy you got to hang out with us for a little while and, and, and spend time with us here today. So thank you so much for that. Time once to again, go try out El Fagón. <laughs> once again, I will say hello to the e-poppers who aren't usually listening to the Zero to Travel podcast. And on the Zero to Travel side, check out the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast because uh, Travis is doing great stuff. Again, we co-publish these episodes here and there, and now that we're working on this project... 
yeah, you'll hear some more of this. And, and we've, I don't know, we've got a lot of cool stuff going on, I, I like to think. So um, we're just very grateful if you want to join us. Thanks for the support, guys. And until next time, happy, happy free, free, free travels. travels.